Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 190, Becoming a Less Angry Mom. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I grew up in a home with extremely nurturing parents who rarely yelled. In fact, I really don't have any conscious memories of them losing their tempers with me or with each other. I'm sure it happened on occasion, of course, but it was definitely not the culture in our home, and I'm so grateful for that. But... (laughs) That made it all the more shocking to me when, as a mother of young kids, I found myself yelling and angry a lot of the time. Where was this rage coming from? I hadn't seen it modeled by my parents, and I'd honestly never really experienced it within myself either. I am a peacemaker by nature, with a very laid-back and accepting personality. I couldn't remember ever having yelled at anybody, and here I was yelling at precious little toddlers who I loved more than anything. It didn't make sense, and it sometimes left me feeling very ashamed and discouraged. If you relate to this, today's episode is for you. I'm thrilled to be interviewing Natalie Hickson, a certified professional life coach who helps discouraged moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. Natalie is a mother of three teenage daughters, and in this episode, you'll hear her get very raw and vulnerable about just how all-encompassing her anger became when her daughters were little, until she sought professional help and completely rewrote her motherhood story. She is passionate about helping other discouraged mothers do the same, and she's here today with some really concrete tools to help all of us learn to process our anger in ways that are healthier for us and for our children. Before we jump into this really important conversation, I want to remind you about this month's two podcast sponsors, which are two companies that I love with all my heart. First up, BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of therapy done 100% online. In this episode today, you'll hear Natalie talk about how in the midst of the lowest point in her parenting, she took her strong-willed daughter to a counselor, thinking her daughter needed help managing her big emotions and behaviors, And the counselor instead pointed out that it was Natalie who needed the help managing her big emotions and behaviors. With a humble heart, Natalie started going to therapy weekly and learned life-changing tools for processing her emotions so she wouldn't take them out on her children anymore. My friends, I have seen this to be true in my own life as well. I set the tone for my family. And when I'm mentally well and equipped with tools to manage my big feelings, I can parent with patience and love through even the hardest trials of parenting. 
If you recognize that you need some help with managing your anger or other all-encompassing emotions that sometimes arise within parenting, please give BetterHelp a try. Just go to betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 and fill out their intake form with your current struggles and needs, and they will match you with a counselor within 24 hours. It's really that easy, and you can get 10% off your first month with the code 3 and 30 or by going to the unique URL they created for our podcast listeners. That's betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30. Our second sponsor this month is Jane.com a highly curated online marketplace for the best in women's fashion, home decor, even children's clothing and toys. July and August are considered birthday season in my home because both of my children and my husband have birthdays coming up over the next month, and I recently used Jane to help me find some perfect gifts for them. One of the gifts I got for my kids are called Warmy Stuffed Animals. They're filled with rice and lavender, and you can heat them up in the microwave for children to snuggle with when they're feeling sad, scared, or hurt. I am always pleasantly surprised by the wide variety of products that are curated and sold by Jane, and I can't wait to gift these to my children, along with some other really fun outdoor toys I discovered by searching through the Jane app, which is super convenient. I check the app often because over 400 new deals drop every day, so there's truly something for everyone in this affordable online marketplace. You can go to jane.com slash 3 and 30 to see some of my current favorite deals and products for the whole family. That's jane.com slash 3 and 30. And now onto the show. This is Becoming a Less Angry Mom with Natalie Hickson. Here we go. Natalie, welcome to 3 and 30. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so excited to talk about this topic that I think pretty much every single mother can relate to. And that is mom anger, mom rage, mom temper tantrums. We all (laughs) thought that we wouldn't be the mom that did this. And yet most of us, I would say, find ourselves there. And it's kind of an out-of-body experience. Like, what am I doing? I didn't even know that I had anger like this in me, but it happens. And so I'm so grateful that you are going to share some takeaways with us for how to change that story, rewrite that story in our homes and become a less angry mom. Can you just start us off with your first takeaway? Yeah. So the first one is believing that you can change your story. You do not have to be an angry mom. You can change being an angry mom. You're not stuck in that. And so for me, I grew up in an angry family, like, let me put it this way, a family who processed anger in a destructive way. It was more loud, right? There was screaming, there was slamming doors, occasionally throwing things. And it was just how my parents processed anger. Now, I always have to say this just because I want everyone to know, fast forward to today, my parents are different. They've grown, they're healed and healthy. And in fact, my mom homeschools my girls. So wow, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's really been a cool journey. But yeah, in the beginning, you know, when they're raising kids and everything, that's how they process anger. That's how they learned from their parents to process anger. And so that's kind of where it started for me. And I will say that I have moms who come to me and they're like, I was never angry. Didn't even grow up in an angry house until I had kids. (laughs) That's me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And then there's that difference too. Like when I married my husband, he wasn't a screamer. He didn't grow up in a screaming household or a loud household like that. He was a little more passive aggressive. Mm. And so when I'm sitting here screaming at him in our first couple of years of marriage and he's not screaming back at me, I'm like, okay, something's not right here, but I 
don't know what it is. Like, I don't know how to fix it or if there's even a way to. So, you know, I just, I started to really notice at that point that this wasn't probably okay, but again, didn't know. I didn't want to communicate with him this way. And why wasn't he yelling back at me? This isn't easy. (laughs) Mm. But then whatever, I dealt with it. Then I brought Enya, our oldest home. And her tantrums as she grew up into her like twos, her tantrums really triggered me. It was no longer an argument with my husband. It was just now me and her, she's two and I'm what, 22, 23. We're both on the floor screaming at each other and crying and throwing things. My destructive anger was very scary. I would leave bruises on her little arm, handprints on her butt. I would say things to her that I should never have said to a a sweet little two-year-old who's just trying to navigate two years old, right? I was very destructive in, in how I was treating her. And yet I still didn't know that there was a way to overcome and deal with it. Mm. And so it was just trying to just work through and overcome. And I didn't know. I was just, it was scary. It was really scary. Even moments where I'd have my mom come basically rescue her from me because I didn't know how to control it. Mm. We brought her sister home about three and a half years later and Enya's tantrums became even more epic. They started to grow. And I just started to feel like, okay, if she would just calm down, I wouldn't get so triggered and angry anymore. Right. Mm, I started thinking, well, there's no hope for me. So if we can help her, then maybe we can calm things down around here. So we took her to therapy and therapist observes her. And then she meets with me and my husband alone. And she's like, Enya's a perfectly normal child for her age and development. Natalie, you're the one who needs to be in here. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like, of course she's normal. You're not home to see her. Like she's great for strangers. (laughs) Mm, She's like, I understand that's what's going on for you, but we really need to help you work through stuff in order to help her. And so it was at that moment, it was hard to hear, but I was so grateful that finally someone was saying that there's help for you and, and you can work mm. through this. It's really powerful to hear you talk about your story and be so honest about how bad it was. Because I think a lot of moms won't admit how angry they actually get. And so to hear you say that and kind of own it now, what makes it possible for you to do that, to own how bad it was back when your kids were little? I think about me sitting in my closet on the floor crying, afraid to see my child because I would hurt her. And my heart goes out. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get emotional. Um, My heart goes out to those moms sitting out there thinking that if anybody knew what I was doing to my kids, they'd take me Mm. away from them or they'd take Mm. them away from me. And I don't want moms to sit out there thinking that they can't change. I don't want moms to get to the point A, that they actually do really hurt their kids to the, you know, the worst degree, or that they just continue being destructive and not finding help. Mm. For me, I don't don't care what it is that I say, as far as I'm not afraid to say it, if it reaches that mom out there, who's just so desperate to change. I mean, in my journey, I hated being a mom. I didn't want to be a mom. I would constantly think, man, my family would be so much happier and better off without me in it. Mm. There was a lot of dark moments like that. And so the fact that I was able to come through that and be on the other side and know that you can change and that you can work through it 
And the point, the goal is never, I tell my clients this, it's never to get rid of your anger. You can't get rid of your anger. You can Mm. cut your hand off easier than you could get rid of your anger because it's a part of who we are. It's part of the human experience. Exactly. And so it's not, it's not trying to get rid of our anger. It's how do we work through anger in a healthier way? And we're still going to blow it. I just blew it this morning with one of my kids. You know, Mm. it's like, okay, I yelled. I shouldn't have done that. We work through it. We process, which my next takeaway will help you learn how to do that. But it's just learning that we do get angry. We do make mistakes. And it's in those mistakes that we're teaching our children how we work through this. Are we going to show them how to work through this in a healthy way? Are we going to show them how to continue a destructive pattern? And so I decided it's time to stand up and Let's end the destructive patterns and show them that we make mistakes and it's okay. And we can let go of the guilt and shame, which keeps us in that destructive cycle, right? I blew it this morning, but I'm not sitting here going, oh, I can't get on a podcast. I'm such a terrible mom. How can I teach this stuff? It's like, because I'm not a terrible mom. I'm a mom who gets angry and I've learned how to process through it. And I love my children and I love my motherhood journey. And I love it enough to show my kids that I'm human and I make mistakes Mm. (laughs) and they can work through this too. Yeah. What a beautiful, I mean, it feels like such a story of healing. The fact that you started with talking about how your own parents have overcome anger and healed and you formed a very different relationship with them now And then talking about how you have done the same. And it's just so hopeful to see that change is possible and healing is possible. And what is your relationship with your daughter that you struggled with when she was young? It's beautiful. I treasure it. I love it. All three of my girls, it's not perfect. They're still teenagers. You know, I still get a little snarkiness or eye roll here, but it's absolutely a different relationship than I thought it would be when she was two. (laughs) And she knows the story. She knows what happens to her. I've been extremely open and transparent with her. And I've told her there may be times and it may take you being a mom for you. Like there might be stuff where you look back and, and go, oh, mom, that was like that was really hard to deal with when you were that way, you know? And I'm like, whatever anything ever comes up for you, you come to me and and I want to talk through it. I want to take responsibility. I want to help you work through these things. And and there are things that I see her, if I ever raise my voice, I see her get a little more tense. And we've sat down and talked about how I think that that's happening for you because of what happened when you were young, because she doesn't remember the abuse and which is very normal for children to block that out. Mm. That's just a coping, a protecting mechanism that doesn't mean it's not going to show up later in life. So I just pray and hope that as I'm more transparent and and continue to talk and and help her learn how to process things, that she'll be able to work through these things herself at the moment. Yeah. Well, that is absolutely beautiful and such an important example for all the moms listening to realize just to be accountable for what happened, but to not let it hold you captive. Like you said, like this takeaway said, you can rewrite your angry mom story. And your Mm -hmm. second takeaway really starts to teach how to do that. So what's your second takeaway? Yeah. So uh, this is the heat of the moment, right? You're, you're starting to get angry or maybe you did get angry. So I talk about what I call sit. And if you are a spiritual person, I say sit and pray, but sit is stop inhale, tune in, and then pray. And one way I like to say that too is sit and pee because it's really easy to just go, Hey, I got to run to the bathroom really quick. <laughs> right. Mm, <laughs> just go to the bathroom. I like that. And your kids, 
yeah, your kids will follow you, especially if they're little and they might be banging on the door, but in the bathroom, you're just stopping. You're taking a moment. You're separating yourself from your kids. You're taking some deep breaths, which is hugely important. That actually is physically calms down your nervous system and then tuning in. You're validating. Okay. It's all right that I'm angry right now. Anybody be angry in this moment. There's nothing wrong with me for this but how am I going to be productive through this? And then again, if you're spiritual, I like to pray and ask the Lord, Hey, can you please help me have clarity and help me work through this in a healthier way? Help me be productive in this moment going forward. And we don't always have a chance to run to the bathroom, right? Mm. (laughs) And so sometimes we might be driving in the car. We might be in town at the grocery store or something with the kids. In those moments, you can pull over the car. I would do this. I totally pulled Mm. the car over on the side of the road, took some deep breaths, told the kids if I needed to, I got out of the car for a minute and took some deep breaths. I've taken my cart to the customer service before and said, hey, I've got a kid who's obviously tantruming. I'll be back. Can I leave this here? They're always like, yeah, go. Yeah, (laughs) so smart. So I would take the kids out to the car. But then there's always those moments too, where we just can't seem to get away. And that's okay. If you can just mentally process, continue to think about these things, just stop, inhale, tune in. It's okay. It's okay that I'm upset take some deep breaths, you know, like send up a quick prayer, whatever it is in those moments. But the more we practice the the really big stepping away at home, the more we start to create that new pattern in our mind, our brain, as far as calming down in the moment. And then let's move into right after this kind of goes along with it, but we may have blown it, right? Or maybe we didn't blow it. Maybe we did take that time away, but we still need to come back and reconnect, right? And mm. so we come back and I I go through what I call a recovery process. And that is if we did blow it, we come back and say, hey, kiddo, first we take responsibility. I'm so sorry that I got upset with you. Um, It's okay that I was angry. It was not okay that I yelled at you. Will you please Mm -hmm. forgive me for how I acted, right? And then we go in to listen to them. How are you feeling? What were you upset about? Validate their feelings. Listen to them. I like to add an element of physical touch, put our arm around them, hand on a knee, give them a hug, whatever it is, just to connect with them. And then also afterwards is when we can encourage them to ask for forgiveness because we're trying to teach them and and show them that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really want to help them have compassion and empathy. We want to teach our kids compassion and empathy. It's really important, especially in today's day and age. And then after that, that's when we can offer consequences if needed, if the kids actually need a consequence. My girls know if I'm angry and I threaten, your phone's being taken away for a week or something like that. They know that that's not really going to happen because I'm angry. I said something I didn't mean in my anger and will actually process through a a consequence if needed at the end. So it's just Mm. this touch points and, and working through things. It's like this morning. I blew it. I yelled at one of my kids. They had to leave for school. So I was calming down. I texted. I'm like, hey, same thing. Just what I told you. Sorry, I yelled. Wasn't okay. It's okay that I was angry. Not okay that I yelled at you. Please forgive me. We'll work through this later, but I love you. And I always tell my kids, sometimes even in the heat of the moment. In fact, I think I did that this morning too. Hey, I'm angry right now. I'm super frustrated. I love you. I'm not mad or disappointed in you. I'm just frustrated with the circumstances, right? So I'm always trying to communicate. They are not a problem. The circumstances are a problem. They might Mm -hmm. be part of the circumstances, and this is why we're having challenge, but it's not that they, as a human, are a terrible person. So I really try to help them disassociate what's going on with who they are as a person. Mm, That's so beautiful. 
Yeah, they need to feel confident that mom loves them no matter what. They do not have to perform for me to love them. And we can be angry and I will still love them in that. Yeah. I love this sit and pee concept. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) The idea of having a deliberate pause between the moment of anger and the reaction. Like there is a moment in between the anger and your reaction, even if it's just a split second. And I think sometimes as moms, we know that moment. We have that split second decision where we decide to yell. We do. We decide to lose it versus (laughs) deciding to stay calm, to stop, inhale and breathe and tune in. And I did an episode a few years ago that's still one of my very favorites about cultivating patience. And we talked about how patience is a willingness to suffer. That's the Mm. actual definition in the dictionary is it's a willingness to suffer and how sometimes when you yell, when we as moms yell, it's because we want to escape our suffering. We don't want to sit in it anymore. And we're like, you're making me suffer and I deserve to get out of this suffering by blowing up and losing it on you. And it's a very temporary relief from our Mm -hmm. suffering because then comes all the guilt, but that if we can choose to stay in our suffering for a moment and say, I'm going to stay patient, I'm going to breathe. Instead of yelling at my kids to stop fighting, I'm going to stay in the suffering of them fighting for a minute and help them mediate it and talk through it with them. And so it's like building up this ability and this resilience to staying in it instead of blowing up and losing it. And Crystal Payne talked about in an episode about sending up a flare prayer, which mm-hmm. I think is the P here, the sending up a prayer yeah. or, you know, setting an intention. Like I want to stay calm, help me to stay calm. And having some of these strategies in the moment, I think is really powerful to remember to use that split second when you decide whether you're going to yell or not to have something else that you can decide to do. Right. And invalidating quickly, you know, we have these emotions, we have joy, we have sadness, disgust, anger, fear, right? And if you think about all of the emotions, we have a physical reaction to every single one of them. And Mm -hmm. yet when it comes to the negative ones, many times we feel shamed for that, you know, especially if we're crying, there's many times that we're not allowed to cry, right? Or we're not allowed to be angry. And so understanding that you might have to let out a physical release of anger and it doesn't have to be at anyone. It can just be Mm. this, you know, this deep breath or this, I've had moms who baby steps. I'm like, okay, let's take baby steps. You just keep yelling at your kids. So instead of yelling at your kids, just yell out loud, just go, ah, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and let that physical release out and let your kids know I'm not yelling at you. I'm just releasing some anger right now. Right. Um, We teach our kids like, take a Nerf bat and hit a pillow or go outside and run around or whatever, move your body, do something, do some jumping jacks. But we have that pent up energy and it needs to be released, right? Yeah. I'm just laughing because just yesterday I was at my niece's birthday party, which was kind of my birthday party too, because we have the same birthday. Oh. <laughs> and we had a unicorn pinata and after it was down, it was all the kids had already emptied it. But my niece grabbed a bat and she was just going at this pinata. Awesome. Like just... <laughs> It was on the ground and she was just beating it with this bat. And I was watching her and laughing. And I said to my mother-in-law, I'm like, I think if every mom had a pinata that they could just go out back and beat once a month like that and get all their anger out like that, then we would all be like way more calm, patient people because it was just the force that she was. That release. 
Have you heard of the Smash Rooms? No. They have Smash Rooms. I I, mean, I haven't seen one in my town yet, but <laughs> they have Smash Rooms where they just have all this junk and they say, just go to town and like you pay to go beat things up. I'm like, wow. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Another thing too for moms, like when you're in your car alone, I and mean, you can have your kids involved in this too if you want to, but when I'm in my car alone, if I've been really overwhelmed and stressed or something, I just scream when I'm driving down the street. I'm just like, let out that anger, let out that just that release of energy because we have it and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you for that. Yeah. I showed my son once a, a teapot and showed him how the heat does have to release. It yeah. can't stay in there. And you know, you see it in a visual way in a teapot and it's okay that your anger needs to release, but you can yeah. find all sorts of different ways to release it. And it doesn't yeah. have to be, like you said, targeted at someone. It can be yeah. in all these other ways. So I think that's important to remember as a mom. Yeah, if you do end up targeting at your kids, go back through that recovery process. And in that recovery process, you find so much joy and and healing and you actually rebuild your relationship into a healthier place. And you're just showing your kids it's okay that you make mistakes. Yes. So it's so, really so cool. true. Yeah. And what is your third takeaway? Yeah. So my third takeaway is identifying your triggers. So I told you how to process that anger in the moment. How can we build awareness around this so that in those moments we have more ability to kind of check in, right? And um, we so often just get on this little hamster wheel and we're just going, going, going. But if we don't stop and, and really validate ourselves and tune in and listen apart from those times that we get upset, then we're not really giving ourselves a chance to be heard, right? We need that just as much as our kids do. And so, and it's not just calling your girlfriend or calling your husband and venting about all the bad things that you think your kids just did, right? It's actually you sitting down and going, okay, what was going on for me in the moment when I just blew up at the kids? I say, give it an hour, give it a day, but come back after, you know, you know, you recognize there's some triggers. It could be getting the kids out for school in the morning or bedtime routine, or maybe it's your kids. So I certainly, they talk to you, anything, just a common trigger that you continually get upset over. Sit down with this. What I have is it called a trigger tracker and ask you a few questions to just check in and go, okay, what was going on for my kids? What was going on for me? Almost kind of a confessional. What did you do? And it's not to make you feel guilty. It's just to like really look at, hey, this is what I'm doing. Kind of a bird's eye view of what your actions you're taking when you're upset. So just processing this and what this does, it also asks you one of my favorite questions. What do you want this to look like next time you're triggered? What's the healthy way you want to walk through this? Let's get our brains visualizing what we want it to look like. And so what this does is we're building awareness around these scenarios so that when we are starting to feel that anger, we're more aware of it. We're thinking, wait a minute. Did we not eat yet? Are we hungry? Are we tired? Are we overwhelmed? I know this morning for me, it was a busy weekend. We did a lot, probably too much. And I'm a little tired this morning. Mm. And my kids are a little tired this morning. So we were kind of starting off on, on a bad foot in that place, right? And that's, I think, what really triggered all of us this morning. So it's just kind of taking that moment in. And, and again, we're not going to be perfect. I'm not looking for perfection. We're looking for how do we process in a healthy way consistently and how do we deal with it if we blow up? Mm, yeah. And what I love about the idea of tracking your triggers is that you can gain awareness around some triggers that can be avoided and some triggers that yes. can't. So like sibling tension, sibling rivalry between your kids, yeah. that's one of my very biggest triggers. 
And it's not really something that I can prevent per se, because sibling rivalry is a completely normal and natural part of childhood. And so I can't stop that from happening, but I can make some decisions about how I will deal with it, what I will do when it happens. But other triggers I do have control over. Like I tend to yell and get super angry if we are running late for school. And so that's something where I can say, okay, well, what can I do? What can I build into our routine that will minimize this trigger so that I don't feel so angry? So I think having that awareness around what triggers you can control, what triggers you can't, some you could even maybe potentially totally eliminate. Like if you always get angry when you go to story time because your kid is so rambunctious at story time and won't sit and won't listen and well, stop going to story time. You know, (laughs) if you can, if you can identify some of those things, I'm sure that's incredibly helpful for your clients. And I had a client who trigger tracker, she'd get upset every night before her husband came home and she never thought about it until she trigger trackered it, realized he likes a house clean when he comes home. And Mm -hmm. so she's like, wait a minute. And I said, Hey, ask him, do you want a clean house or do you want happy wife and kids? What's more important to him, you know? Mm. And so being able to have that communication, of course he wants happy wife and kids. And and she had it more in her mind that it was more important to her that he came home to a clean house than it was for him, right? So it's Mm. just kind of like recognizing, oh, there's some of these things that we can work through and process. And start conversations, communicate with people in our lives. Yeah. And where can they find your trigger tracker if moms want to start this process? Yeah. It's over at nataliehickson.com slash three and 30. Perfect. Thank you so much for creating that special link just for three and 30 listeners to get that. I know so many moms are going to be blessed by this episode and these ideas. Are there any final thoughts before we end that you want to offer or anywhere you want to point us before we wrap up? Yeah. The more you practice sit, the more your kids will pick up on it too. It's really cool to hear clients talk about how their kids would be like, mom, I just need to sit right now. And so Mm. um, it's for your kids. It's not time out anymore. It's let's calm down. Let's separate and calm down. And then the most important thing, again, you're never, never too late. I have moms come to me with teenagers who are like, I, I've ruined them. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're even a mom whose kids have gone out like they're in college or they're grown up, you can recover that relationship with your kids. You can always go back and recover with them and make it right. So it's never, never too late. Oh, what a beautiful message of hope. I know so many moms are going to feel seen and really encouraged by this episode. So thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability and your work in tackling this for so many moms. And thank you for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you so much. What a great conversation with Natalie. I hope you learned as much from it as I did. Let's do our quick end of the episode recap to try to drill these takeaways even deeper into our brains so we can become the emotionally resilient moms we want to be. First, believe you can rewrite your angry mom story. No matter what your family history is and no matter what you have done in the past, you can retrain your brain to process anger differently. As Natalie said in the episode, you can't get rid of your anger completely, but you can learn new ways of moving through it. Second, when you feel your anger rising, remember to sit and pee. (laughs) This is an acronym that stands for S, stop, I, inhale, and T, tune into your body and decide how you want to process your anger. There is a split second between stimulus and reaction where we get to decide. 
And if you are religious, you can also use this pause as a moment to pray, which is what the P stands for, and ask for help. Third and finally, identify your triggers. If you have an angry outburst with your kids, later that day or the next day, sit down and analyze what happened. Why were you triggered? Is this a common trigger for you? And if it is, how can you avoid that situation or modify it in the future? Natalie said the key question to ask yourself is, what do I want this to look like the next time I'm triggered? Thank you, my friends, for doing this work to better yourself in order to better your family. It's so important, and I am cheering you on. Stay well, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.